Welcome to another episode of Culture Unfiltered. Culture Unfiltered. The podcast that offers an unfiltered take on corporate culture with members of the Paychex family. I'm Kevin Aubrey. And I'm Deborah Luna. From the quest for innovation to the importance of being responsible, we've got culture covered. So sit back, stay curious, and be here now. You ready, Deborah? Let's go. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Culture Unfiltered. Culture Unfiltered. Thank you, Deborah. So, Deborah, um, we're doing things a little bit differently this episode, right? It's like we're mixing it up this this uh, this month. Yeah. So, this is our first ever call-in show. Bum ba da ba. Hey, there's the there's that flourish that we paid so much for. So, <laughs> sound effects are just one of the very fun things we'll add today. But you know what we did, as you heard on last episode, is reach out to our growing community. We reached mm-hmm. out to the fans, to everyone mm-hmm. in our in our organization, and said, "Hey, we want to hear from you. We want your culture questions. We want your culture commentary. Your we quandaries. Want, we want your quandaries, questions, and queries." So, Deborah. What did we get? Well, we got a bunch of stuff. And All I'm excited. Right. we got, I mean, I, I don't know if you can hear me rifling through the old culture mailbag, but um more sound no, we got effects. a lot of yep, perfect time for the more sound effects. <laughs> we got uh, we got a bunch of really good questions, and we're gonna um as we go through the episode, um, we'll be bringing on some special guests, no spoilers, to answer some of the questions. Ooh. But some of them were really thought provoking. Some folks um contributed some really nice stories that we'll be we'll be hearing. Uh, as mm-hmm. well. And some of the questions were sort of more tactical um, and more sure. uh, sort of straightforward that uh, that we'll be able to answer as well. For example, Kevin, uh-huh. uh, we had a question come in from Aramis Almanzar, who's a quality process supervisor here at Paychex. And he had a very good question for us that we have not yet had. And the question was, he was curious if there was any way to get a closed caption or a transcript of the podcast for ah. folks who are hearing impaired um, or f- who are potentially more apt to, you know, read through a transcript of a podcast than, than have a listen to it. So I, that is a great question. I know I was very, uh, I was very excited to to get that question because it gives us a new way to reach some new people that, that maybe we're not yet able to enjoy culture unfiltered. And so uh, I'm happy to report that we are in the process of working with a transcription service and we'll moving forward, be having uh, transcripts of our podcast available. So a All nice, right. this is what happens when we open the mailbag, talk about respect See, and, and listening and, you know, sort of actively listening to our audience. We, we get great feedback like that. So thank you to Aramis for sending in that question. Yes. Yes, that is great. So, <laughs> and yes, Debra, you touched on it there. Respect is what it's all about this month. You know, we wanted to reinforce that active listening. So Deborah, if I may uh, ask you a quandary of, oh. of culture, Okay. What makes you feel respected? Oh, man. Um, That is a great question. Um, You know, I think for me, certainly knowing that if my opinion is solicited, that it is being heard and appreciated and, and, and valued. I like, uh, you know, I, I, I certainly feel respected when I'm given um, space and, and there's a certain degree of patience that, uh, you know, that I'm, uh, awarded when I'm working through something for someone, um, sure, sure. you know, sort of grace, I think is probably a good, a good way to encapsulate that. Um, what else? That's a good quote. What about you? How do you feel respected? What makes you feel respected, Kevin? Uh, like Rodney Dangerfield, uh, <laughs> I don't get any respect. So it's well, kind of an easy, it's an easy one for me to answer. 
Well, all right. Well, I guess we can uh, we can triple Lindy our way into the uh, into the rest of the episode. Are you ready to kick it off? Indeed. Let's do it. All right. Okay. So, Deborah, we've got another question here mm-hmm. from Stacy Penn, a recruiter from Phoenix, and Stacy writes. I would love to know how our culture has changed since the beginning of our situation with COVID and the lasting effect that it has had on our employees. That is a good and timely question from Stacy. Right? So I thought this was maybe a little too big for just us to answer. So I went and got a special guest answerer. So guest answerer, are you on the line? I am, Kevin. All right. That is the uh, the lovely and talented Miss Becky Kania. And Becky, we, we thought it would be great to have you join us uh, and, and kind of give your take on, on this question. You know, you're in touch with the employees. We said, who better to tackle this one than you? So can you give us your take on this? Oh, well, first of all, thank you, Kevin and Deborah. I'm honored to be here. And it is really a great question. Um, The culture of paychecks is one of the things that we're most proud of and really what sets us apart. So I think in many ways, nothing has changed. We still have the same values-driven culture we've always had. We're still a family. We still care deeply about each other, um, about our clients, about our communities. And when you think about it, the crisis really showed us what we're made of. Our Mm. culture allowed us to pivot quickly and do what we do best. But in other ways, everything has kind of changed, right? So most of us are still working from home, which has, of course, been the right thing to do to keep everyone as safe as possible. But when a big part of our culture is built on being together to celebrate each other, do community service work together, yeah. or let's, you know, just rolling our chairs out into the aisle to chat about your weekend plans or to how best solve a customer problem. Well, those things are a bit harder to maintain and sustain through WebEx calls. We have to be really creative to keep that stuff going. Mm-hmm. So I'll say this, though. The past several months have taught us how to be resilient and agile. This situation has created new partnerships and cemented existing ones as we all reach out to each other to help us along. And it's driven home the importance of the work that we do for our clients and their employees. And those are the things that we can add to the already long list of things that make our culture so special. So when we're back in the office, we'll know we've all gotten through an extremely challenging time together and we're stronger for it. And then we can get back to all the things that make our culture really fun. Yeah, Becky, I think that's a great sort of summation of everything that and I, you know, I I would agree that it sort of has galvanized what what we already had in place and um, has just pushed us all to to really stretch and and be more resilient. And like you said, more agile to to meet the needs of of, you know, all the different things that we're experiencing. So so thanks for joining us. That's a that's a great take. And I think, Stacey, it sounds to me like your question was pretty pretty well answered so um and thank you for asking it yeah yeah i think i think we made the right call yes i agree oh uh, well thanks guys and and stacy keep those questions coming yes kevin that was so nice to hear from becky kenia right her, with her perspective on how our culture has evolved over the past few months i i think that she had a very interesting perspective on that for sure absolutely yeah so speaking of how our culture has sort of carried us through the last few mm-hmm. months. Uh, one of the things that, you know, our, our listeners here and our, our fans of Culture Unfiltered know all too well is that we have a series of B statements that we have assigned to our different values. And this month's value That's that we're right. focusing on is respect. Uh, and the B statement that we've associated with that value is be considerate. 
Uh, um, uh, yes. So when I say be considerate, Kevin, and I'm going to open this up, I'm going to take it outside of work as well. But oh, when boy. I say be considerate, what does that mean for Kevin Aubrey? So Deborah, I think that be considerate for me is one of the things in our in our culture organization that is really all encompassing. So mm-hmm. I am a I am a father. So being considerate is something I feel like I'm constantly preaching to my children. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, you know, if they, giving someone your attention, even something as simple as that, to me, really is a hallmark of, of being considerate. Right. So that that be here now catchphrase that we have out there. That really hits home for me that I'm someone that um, if I'm if I'm speaking or if someone's in a meeting or anything like that, like being present and and truly listening to someone, not just kind of waiting for your turn to speak. That's something that is very important to me. So to me, that's like the hallmark of being considerate is really just that that overarching presence, you know, that that presence that I'm giving the respect to you in, in any kind of situation, whether it's in work, outside of work. Um, that to me is, is respect to a T and that's, you know, again, that's what I try to try to coach the kids. So, um, yeah. yeah. And if you have any, if you have any tips on that, I'd love some. I mean, you kind of nailed it. And I think, you know, (laughs) it it also kind of reminds me back to our conversation last month with George about, you know, how that presence and how those, I think you even said it on our last conversation, how our paychecks values are really, they are human values. They are values that we take home Mm -hmm. with us that, that make us these well-rounded individuals. And speaking of well-rounded individuals and speaking of living our values, Kevin, Uh we have another guest. So the next person we have on, Deborah, is someone that you and I uh, both had the pleasure of meeting mm-hmm. out in Henrietta. So um, we've been taking a lot of questions today. We're hearing from a lot of different folks. When we reached out to our great community of, of folks, is we heard from someone who wanted to share a bit of their story, their journey, and what culture has meant to them throughout their journey with Paycheck. So. Yeah. Uh, we, we invited the man on Jesse Arambula on. So without further ado, Jesse, let's hear from you. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Deborah. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) I am great. How's Phoenix? Right now, it's the best time to visit us if you're able to, because we're not in the hundred degrees. So it's actually (laughs) cool down. It's a balmy 94. (laughs) Exactly. Well, we're so excited to have you, Jesse. And as Kevin mentioned, you know, you you have such a, a an inspirational paycheck story. Uh, you know, Kevin and I had an opportunity to chat with you when you were here, but we're excited to have you share it with with our audience. So, I'll I'll let you take the reins and kind of just tell us about your paycheck's journey. Yes, absolutely. So my name's Jesse Arambla, and I'm part of the Employee Online Service Center located out here in Phoenix, Arizona. Let me tell you how I started with the company. It was Roughly about six years ago, I was, was NSS National Sales Support is fourth hire. Vicki Odegaard actually had launched the department, meaning she relocated from Rochester out here to Phoenix, Arizona. And when I applied, I started off as an individual contributor. Vicki started mentioning not only about the growth, but the opportunity, the expansion that was coming on board. So one of the things I asked Vicki was, A, can she help me reach my goals? And Vicky responded with saying she wasn't better than me, that she just has seen a different type of success than me. And I mentioned to her that's exactly what I was looking for and that's what I was hoping to reach. So one of the things that I just fell in love with in the beginning was how nice and welcoming everybody was at Paychecks. No one ever tried to change me. Everybody since day one was always about trying to enhance me. 
So starting off in national sales support out in Phoenix, Arizona, kid you not, there was about 120 employees out at the Phoenix at the time we were a site. We weren't the RSC yet. And within a year, not only did we, I start seeing other opportunities coming from Rochester, but then within myself, I qualified for conference. I got to go to the Bahamas. And when I came back from the Bahamas, I got promoted to a supervisor. So then I got to the opportunity to build my team. And being part of this culture, I'm still waiting for everybody to tell me how it really was, but I never got that vibe. And I just started feeling a lot more confident and a lot more bolder. And what I started doing was just, I guess you could say, cultivating my team and building up a team to not only compete within the national sales support, being a part of a league of 17 teams, but actually finishing up as team of the year within three years of launching my team. Wow. That'd be pretty, pretty awesome to come in and, you know, sort of feel that development from the beginning and then be able to pass that on to a team of your own and, and, and successfully not just pass it on, but pass it on and see such success. Exactly. Amazing. And so the conversation that, you know, we're having on this month's episode is, is about our value respect and specifically, you know, when we talk about what it means to be paychecks, being considerate. So how have you experienced respect and consideration in your time at Paychex? Consider respect. Even though Vicky and I were different, and what I mean by that, Vicky was from the East Coast. I'm from the West Coast, born and raised Southern California, Santana, Orange County, Spanish being my first language. We spent a lot of time sharing perspective, sharing each other's views, and seeking to understand. And one of the biggest things that... I was able to not only adapt to, but was understand the big picture and understand what it took to be epic outside of work. And I was able to learn how to be epic inside work. And the biggest, I guess you could say the respect that I got was when I heard the concept of be here now, that be here now was something that was a game changer for me. And the reason that was is when it was presented to me about not only focusing on the most important task in front of you with being here now, but being a leader, being a father, being a husband, when I come home, how to shut down the laptop, how to put my attention to my kids at the same time when I'm at work, how to, how to just ultimately pay undivided attention to, to not only my employees, but the blue chips, the blue cast, because that's what being, not only being Epic, but I owe it to paychecks because that's what respect is all about to me. Yeah, that I love, love, love that take, Jesse. So, I, as a as a fellow father, I, I feel you on that. It's it's such an important aspect of it. Well, I I must say I got to thank you so much for joining us. This was this was great, and I think probably in the future we might be spending a few a little more time with you on a, on a future episode as well. So, thank you so if much for dropping us. by. Oh if yes, yes. Us, if you if you'll have us, I guess that was a little <laughs> assumptive of me. Absolutely, I would love to just be able to share a little bit more about my journey. We love it. Well, Jesse, thank you so much. Okay. So Deborah, I got another great question from one of your pals, actually. One of my pals. Yes. Yes. Lisa Lombardi, the manager of talent acquisition over here. So Lisa writes, can you share some ideas around how teams are continuing to build their culture in a remote environment? Right. Mm -hmm. So obviously things have changed quite a bit. So people, you know, this is a question that I'm seeing all over the place you know yeah, people are looking for it is it is it is tough so when i saw this question 
I my mind immediately ran to something that we did over in the Sure Payroll Marketing Group. So I thought it'd be great to invite another special guest answer on for this question. What do you think? I think that's a spectacular idea. And I love that we're bringing someone in from Sure Payroll. Me too. So uh, I have invited the director of our digital marketing team, Carrie Straits on. Carrie, are you there? I'm here. So welcome. I believe other than myself, our first Sure Payroll guest. So, so excited to have you on. It's quite an honor. Thank you. All right. So, Carrie, can you share some ideas around how teams are building culture in this remote environment? I think we had a great, great example of this. Yeah, absolutely. So on the Sure Payroll marketing team, uh, which is common with all marketing teams, we typically come up against obstacles um, on projects that we're working on. And so what we've been doing as a team is using two different concepts and pairing them together to get around obstacles. The first concept is the idea of we can do this if. So um, on the team, we call it We Can If, and it's based on uh, a concept from a book called A Beautiful Constraint. And the idea is um, we're always going to come up against obstacles in our work. And can we use those to innovate? Can we use those to change the idea in a way that we can make it happen? And there's nine different ways that we can use We Can If. Uh, We can do this if we think of it differently, or if we remove this and substitute for that, or if we bring in experts, or if we think of it in a different way, if we fund it, if we uh, use different resources or mix in several different concepts, we can do this if. The second um, idea that we're working on is actually an improv technique called Yes And. So we start off, if we come up against an obstacle with, yes, we can do this if we don't do that, but we do this. And then um, we build on those innovative ideas with, yes, and then we can do this and this and that. Yes, and then we can do this and this and that. Um, And these are two ways that we've been shaping the culture on the marketing team to work with obstacles and to build on great ideas with uh, we can if and the improv technique, yes, and. Yeah, see, and I and I love that that innovation, and I think one of the important things, especially that that remote aspect of this question from Lisa was this this kind of came around when the pandemic was hitting, and we were, you know, struggling with leads, and hey, how are we going to pivot? What are we going to do? And I think that this, to me, was a, a fantastic uh, example of like, hey, how how are we driving innovation in this way? And this was something you can kind of take this approach, break it down, use it for uh, pretty much everything in your life, you know? Yeah. The nice thing too, I mean, so having personally having some background in, in improv and, and in that space, the, you know, the cool thing, hum, Car- humble brag there, it's right? a little humble brag, it's a little humble brag. Um, but no, Carrie, one of the cool things about the yes and philosophy is that it sort of inherently builds momentum on a team. Uh, you know, when you, when you are yes anding, it, it kind of creates this, uh, this groundswell feeling where, you know, everything seems possible. And even if the things that you are yes anding or, uh, you know, what ifing, um, don't come to pass, it still breeds this creative and dynamic dialogue that I think from a culture perspective really sets a nice foundation for people to feel like their voices are being heard that their ideas are, you know, valid and relevant. So I can, I can certainly see how something, especially in an environment that's virtual, 
that's something you don't have to be physically in the same room to to do. So I think that's a really cool way to approach it. Right. And what we can if has become on the team is almost like a verbal trigger. Like <laughs> if we're in a meeting and we're struggling with something and someone says, well, we can if. It's like, <laughs> oh, here <okay."> we go. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> and it becomes a little bit of a playful way to sort of brainstorm or get around these sort of obstacles. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. That's an awesome example. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, thank you so much, Carrie, for uh, for joining us. Yes. And hopefully we'll have you on again in the future as well. Yeah, and congratulations on your first podcast appearance. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I will uh, send this to all of my friends and family. I feel Yay. so famous now. Yeah. <laughs> Just try to, try to you know, you know, keep the, the autograph line socially distanced. Well, um, I have to go. Yeah. My fans are calling. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Carrie. That was uh, that was dynamite. That uh, it was great to great to hear from a fellow marketer, to be sure. So, Deborah, mm-hmm. we've answered a lot of very specific questions, but I think there's one big question that we should reinforce. That I don't know if you and I should be answered. It's it's maybe a little bit bigger than than the both of us as well. So I thought it might be good to bring in uh, a special guest speaker, Mr. Tom Bachman. What do you think? Oh man, anytime we can get Tommy B on the line, I'm I'm all for it. So let's do I, it. Yes, I had to offer him a lasagna, but um, he, he was does able love to, lasagna. Yeah, I, you you offer one lasagna, he will show up. So <laughs> that's right. You put it outside. <laughs> and it, it will just lure him from wherever he is. So, Tom, we've heard a lot of really amazing stories on the podcast today from from Jesse talking about his history and hearing, uh, you know, some other folks chime in with some questions that they had about culture and the evolution of culture at Paychex. But being our culture shaping master champion, the sort of the man behind all things culture here at Paychex. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a really, what feels like a simple question, but I know there's going to be a lot to it. Why does a company's culture matter? Wow, that is a great question, Deborah. It is It is all about the people, all about the people. We, we couldn't prove it years ago. Uh, companies just existed. They had products, they had strategies, they, they went about their business trying to uh, please clients and shareholders and and the people were a big part of that, yes, but they weren't the primary responsibility, the primary focus. And what we've learned over the last 20 years in business anyway, and especially the last five, six, seven years here at Paychex, is that it really is all about the people. The people are the, are the ones that uh, help create those products and those strategies and the ones that keep that business alive. And, and uh, in a surviving, thriving culture, a thriving culture like ours, I think we our, our priority is on the team, the team, the people, and it's the it's it's that focus that has really changed the sensibility around our organization. That culture matters. Why? Because the people matter. The people are driving those changes. The the heart and soul of an organization is its people, and we didn't have proof before, but now we do. We have the metrics that show that we matter. People matter, and we always have. And now it's just this awareness now that we are ourselves 24-7, whether it's virtual or where we're in the building itself together or we are separated, it is still a focus on the employees and the leadership and the team. And with that sensibility, with that awareness, we drive the results and we 
and we thrive as an organization. We serve our clients and we and we exist tomorrow so we can continue to serve each other tomorrow than we did before. And we're better versions of ourselves tomorrow than we were the day before as well. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. I think I think to me it kind of matters now more than ever, you know, with everything being so spaced out, so disparate. We're connecting virtually on on every note, I think it matters more than ever. So yeah. thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, Kevin, our first call-in show is officially in Ooh. the books. I can't that believe it. I know. And, you know, I got to tell you, it was, uh, you know, I know you see the emails coming into culture unfiltered at paychecks.com. That mailbox, mm. by the way, is still open. So for, for those listening, Continue to send your questions in, and we'll do our very best to address them on future yes, episodes. Yes, but please. We got we, so much stuff. We just couldn't get to everything, but we we do love hearing from everyone. We do. So please keep those submissions coming. Yeah, because you know anyone listening, you, you know whether it's your corporate culture, your your culture at home, and your family. We know that the paychecks values, uh, and and the things that we talk about, and the different guiding behaviors that we you know, really try to champion here at paychecks, you know, they, they're not just, they're not just for paychecks, right? So, uh, so we, we value your questions and, and for those of you who contributed to the show, um, our special guests, thank you for being a part of the, the very first call in show culture unfiltered of all time. History, yeah. history was made today, Kevin. Indeed. And Deborah, be considerate to someone today, huh? I will do my best. I will be here now. Uh, as we wrap up our conversation. So I respect you, Kevin. I respect you as well. Thanks. Well, thanks. <laughs> this podcast is property of Paychecks, Inc. 2020, all rights reserved.